You have arrived at your destination. Hey guys, it's your resident cartoon junkie Brandon Jones here, and I am here with today with a very special guest, Mike Mayhack, creator of Cleopatra in Space comic book, and uh, the inspiration for the new animated series on DreamWorks Channel, and coming up on Peacock on in July. So uh, sit back, relax, and have a listen to my interview with Mike Mayhack. Hello, I am here with Mike Myhack. Is it Myhack or Mayhack? Sorry, it's I didn't Mayhack, ask. Yeah, Mayhack. Sorry, yes. Uh, Mike May and the sound a cat makes when it's hacking up. A <laughs> that's a uh, that's a good way to remember it. There we go. Uh, Mike Mayhack, uh, the uh, artist and creator of Cleopatra in Space. Um, graphic novel series uh, that's very available on Amazon. And in fact, I learned today. Uh, the anniversary of the first issue is the day we're recording today. <laughs> so. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I completely until just now. I mean, this is like, you know, five o'clock at night now, but I forgot I, I reposted that memory from Facebook until you just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, like, that's, that's the first time. I forgot again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so pretty great uh, that we're getting to that. But uh, Cleopatra was then picked up by DreamWorks Network, the DreamWorks Channel, I believe. Um, yeah, just the animation company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, picked up for uh, uh, being in, uh, an, a cartoon uh, for their network. Um, and it is now aired, I believe, in several countries. Is it aired in the U.S. yet? It has, right? Yes, it's on, I mean, well, for like, um, it's on the new NBC Peacock streaming service. So yes. those that have access to that mm-hmm. during the soft launch right now can watch it. Gotcha. Uh, I'm Very not cool. entirely sure how many episodes <laughs> yeah. are there, but um, it'll be available for everybody uh, when the you know, the full launch this summer happens. So nice. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so yeah, if you're, if you have the Peacock network, we're, we're all quarantined right now, something to watch, uh, that's available and everything. Um, have you watched any of the episodes? Did you get like any kind of like pre shots oh, yeah. of anything? Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Sure. They were sending me, I've seen it probably about, they sent me about 15 episodes nice. and I've been, uh, here and there watching, um, watching them like if we're we get a pizza <laughs> with the family <laughs> or, or or something where we're sitting in front of the tv i'll i'll sort of uh airplay them and we mm-hmm. just watch them as a family i've watched probably about maybe that's 12 cool. of them so far that's and cool. it's great yeah, yeah. And, and it's one of those kind of keeps getting better um with each episode so very, very cool and uh you mentioned um uh seeing as a family and that's kind of uh that's kind of been a big deal for you for a while is um you know scholastic reading and things like that for kids uh which is the target for cleopatra would that be fair to say oh yeah um i mean it's funny because when i'm writing or coming up with stories i'm just sort of thinking of stories that i want to read or 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 i want to see and I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I turned 40 last year. I'll turn, 40, <laughs> turn 41 in like a month. Um, so it's, you know, the demographic there is, is much older for, for what I, I, I find entertaining. Um, right. But it's, I want it to be, uh, you know, kid friendly. Uh, everything I do, I want it to be appropriate for all ages. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I do have, I'm mostly thinking of kids in mind when I'm, when I'm writing the stories, mm-hmm. um, which is, but they, I mean, it's, some stuff I'll, I'll, is this a little too dark or is this a little too violent? And it, <laughs> yeah. it never is. It's like they're what, what, what we think kids are capable of is, is or like our expectations are so much lower than what they can actually handle. So, um, yeah. so, but yes, I, I, I like, I like creating stories um, for younger generations because they're the ones that are going to come up with their, their own stories. And I, I like mm-hmm. to kind of feed the future a little bit and, um, you know, hope yeah. to encourage them to come up with, you know, new original concepts and uh, Absolutely. kind of ventures that, you know, 
maybe I can read. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it, it is of course hard to, to ride that line of talking down to versus catering to, you know, right. Um, yeah. We, we kind of got that when I guess we were, we're, we're close to the same generation. You're more towards my brother, but uh, you know, we had, we had things like He-Man and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Sort yeah. Of, it was, you know, it like people would say that that sort of talked down to kids in a lot of ways, but I think it, you know, holds up uh, a Dude, little I bit stronger. Talking yeah. down to us. I watched a yeah. lot of like D.I. Joe and Transformers. Yeah. And, you know, Thundercats, Silverhawks, all that stuff. I love Transformers. Yeah, uh, and even today, like the my favorite film, just oh, not even mm. this anime, this favorite film of all time is the nineteen eighties Transformers movie. Ooh, yeah, uh, it's yeah, I love that movie so much. But part of it are the themes in that movie of just um, channeling like your voice and um, what you know, what your confidence is in terms of what you can accomplish and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that's that's universal you know that's like yeah. as a kid it's awesome to see and hear it's like i can do anything you know and um, right. even even if you're like the hot shot kind of guy that keeps messing up eventually you might yeah. be able to be the leader of the autobots and stuff right but yeah. i think as adults we forget about those things and i think it's really mm-hmm. good to remind ourselves that you know everybody has an importance and, um, yeah. and so i try to keep those sort of themes central in all the stories that i tell absolutely yeah totally i i still to this day remember and i always bring it up when people you know sort of because yeah like older cartoons can be cheesier than nowadays uh, in a lot of ways the way things were written but you know i still remember uh you know an epi- you know episodes of you know thundercats that taught me not to give up when something's hard or taught me to not judge a person from outward appearances and things like that you know right. like, yeah. i you know obviously my parents would reinforce that if you have good <laughs> parenting everything but but i learned those lessons specifically being taught to me by these heroes that i watched on a cartoon and i and i always thought that that's always been my thought process is you know the stuff like regardless of who it's catering to has you know some sort of importance to it especially the people that experience it at the right age group yeah exactly so, yeah. yeah so let's get into uh your work shall we because uh you've been an artist for a while now uh i've been following you for a long time i good lord when was the first time probably in 2000 gosh i think it was when i moved into this house so that was probably 2008 when I first started okay. following you. <laughs> like, and I'm glad to finally be able to talk to you because it's uh, it's been a bit. I feel like we'd have good conversations. We seem to like a lot of the same stuff. Um, but uh, let's see. How long have you been uh, practicing your art? Oh, man. Um, well, I started drawing as early as like five years old. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, you know, my, my, one of my earliest memories, and there are a lot, I have a very, very <laughs> poor memory, especially a recollection of my childhood is, is, is very fuzzy. But um, I do remember uh, specifically, I don't know what I was doing, but my mom just threw down a bunch of crayons and paper in front of me. I think I was just I was too much to handle that day or something. Uh, but also the uh, newspaper funnies, like the, the Sunday comics. And I would sit there and I would just redraw those comics. I would redraw Garfield and Calvin Hobbes um, and uh, uh, Bloom County, which eventually I think changed to Outland. And that was sort of my introduction to wanting to be an artist because I enjoyed it. Um, and I got compliments for it too. Like, Oh, this is so good. You know? Yeah, and so yeah. you're, 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 you're boosted to, to do something that people seem to appreciate. Sure. Um, but also comics. I like I, from that, from that very moment, I was like, I, I don't just want to draw. I want to do something with the art. You know, I want to mm-hmm. tell something with it and comics yeah. just seemed like the best format that I could do that. Yeah, um, and so I kind of, kind of, when it, my path from that, ever since I was five years old, I remember was just making little mini comics in, in, uh, mm-hmm. in grade school and stapling them together um, mm-hmm. and at the lunch table drawing for people. Um, it's kind of how I would, uh, I wouldn't say like make friends, but like, uh, you know, keep myself from maybe even being bullied <laughs> in school. <laughs> uh, you know, I always draw for people. And so I never really got picked on because uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of other kids thought that was kind of cool. Right. Um, and I remember like inking over other 
uh, friend's work and stuff. That's cool. And so I charted this path to kind of maybe go into animation because I mm-hmm. was a huge fan of, um, oh, that's, sorry, that's my, oh, no worries. You're going off. That's <laughs> 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 enough deaning for how long, you know, that's going to happen. But yeah, I was, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to do animation because I was a huge fan of, uh, I mentioned, you know, some Saturday morning cartoons, but also I watched a lot of Disney stuff growing up and uh, yeah. I thought it'd be really cool to, uh, you know, work for Disney uh, mm-hmm. And then I went to college for art for an art school. I went and I did like an illustration track, but I did a sort of an animation minor, mm-hmm. and that was right at the. I, I went to I went to school about 1999 to 2000. You know, in 2000 is when I kind of start, or about when I was going to graduate, and that's when the whole. Um, I still going to go off. That's <laughs> when the uh, whole. Um, so a computer generated uh, animation uh, came, right. uh, came in, then the, all the traditional animation studios started closing. And that's what I wanted to do was traditional animation. So I just sort of right. stopped and uh, went kind of focused just purely on comics. Yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting how that the 3D uh or computer modeling, I would I would say, or CGI uh, uh, transformed a lot of the not just the animation industry, but like the the, the learning tools and everything uh, surrounding it, um, which I think is interesting because like it's sort of circled <laughs> back. <laughs> I don't know if that's my my no, uh, my no, he's still he's still four. My four year old, he's almost five. No worries. He's uh, in the background playing. <laughs> We um we have that little flip of uh you know sort of like the the traditional form of animation still being CGI because we have you know more frame by frame digital style of of things nowadays which is interesting um you know you have the digital pads that you know lets you kind of sketch like you would on a on a sketch pad and things like that oh, so, yeah that's great that's all that's yeah. all. Yeah, it's so funny. I, I don't know much, even though I studied animation for about uh, four years. Um, I mean, there's been so many advancements and stuff in the field <laughs> for like, in the past 20 years. So I, I, I don't even really know how we're right. doing things. I I think I do know how to appreciate it, you know, and I can mm-hmm. tell how much work goes into something um, yeah. because of the work I did. But uh, yeah, I'm just so I'm just so impressed of uh, some of the stuff that's coming out, even just m- recently, kind of seeing how yeah. people are kind of um, uh, taking that sort of that mm-hmm. look that you know that the, the CGI look and then trying to enhance it in a way that's uh, falling more into the traditional side. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the things you're watching right now, animation wise? I'd l- I love to just ask that of anybody. Um, let's see, man. There's there's so Jesus a ton. Um, watching a lot of some of the. Uh, the series that kind of pop up on streaming services mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and mostly because, you know, ever since I have kids, I kind of think, well, what's, what are they, what would they be interested in watching with me? <laughs> <laughs> so there's some stuff that I'm watching on my own, some that they're watching with me. We all really enjoyed uh, Kipo. Uh, in the yes. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the perfect vehicle for my, my eight year old. Cause he loved, mm-hmm. he's a huge Godzilla fan. Uh, ah. It comes from uh, Japan, and he mm. loved kaiju's and monsters and things like that. So anything that has sort of animals and creatures, especially giant creatures, he's mm. automatically just he's like a magnet. To it. <laughs> and so that was perfect. Plus, it was just a, a great story, um, great characters. Um, and yeah. I knew Rad, the creator, from like way back from like um, some message boards and things. And I think we That's even cool. we we we've. Um, you know, we've chatted in person, you know, a couple times. So I was really kind of excited to just support his show too. And then yeah. I was like, oh, and it's really good. You know, I don't mind like really hyping this thing up. But, <laughs> uh, I, we watched, uh, we liked, we liked Hilda a lot, but mostly because we were reading the comics at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really liked um, Klaus that, uh, that, yes. that movie that came out I, it was one of those beautiful animated things i've seen in, in recent yeah. years yeah uh but my my son was he watched about half of it and got bored so i was like i guess ah. mainly for me uh, i loved it i loved the message yeah. for the yes so i thought great story and i thought a great animation I, I was really impressed with that yeah um, very cool yeah i, I, I love really Sergio. Like, uh, oh go on yeah sorry sergio pablos just he, he made a 
he absolutely solidified himself as as a master with that. Oh, one. it was gorgeous. Um, and another was kind of a passion project for him too. And, project for him, and, so I'm glad it kind of yeah. Oh, and and to. Yeah, to solidify to solidify something that is com- entirely two D uh, on a two D frame, uh, but using that color palette and that that generated lighting to yeah. mimic the idea of CG is so cool. Yeah, it seems like a lot of work to make something look CG, and it, it could have. Right. I, mean, I think I could have failed miserably too because you know, oh, yeah. like this just why not just make it CG? But it yeah. it's it didn't. I mean, it, it was so unique and it just, it looks so great. And um, it was traditional, but it was traditional in a way we hadn't seen before, which yes. I think is what, you know, what we need to sort of move. The, you know, yeah. The yeah. Hey. And maybe get more 2D art. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause like, there's always that commercial value to something like that. Yeah. Cause uh, the Disney moved away from the 2D animation because of princess and the frog, not, performing as well as something like tangled or yeah. anything like that and i enjoy tangled and i enjoy frozen and, and all those uh movies as well but just like i i really miss that that 2d disney renaissance it, mm-hmm. that's that's my jam so yeah. it was really nice to see something that would like incorporate that form and that look uh you know that very particular disney look that you know pablo says um you know, circulated throughout his career and to, to see that now in a more marketable sense that, uh, that, you know, that people can get behind because, Oh, it's CG. It's uh, whatever. It's, it's more <laughs> in line with whatever is, you know, more they're commercially they're viable. Thing. It's funny. Cause my, 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 you know, my kids, if it's not CG, they, they almost are less likely to get into it for some reason. They're yeah. So used to seeing they're, they're just, that's the way cartoons should be. And that's what they want. And if they see something, so it's really cool when they really get into something like Kipo, which is, you know, yeah. you know I guess, yeah. you know, a little bit different, but like they really get into something that has that 2D kind of flat look to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's interesting. I, I, it, it took me a little while to just accept the fact that I have to move on and accept that this is where animation is going. Um, <laughs> But what I think did it was, was honestly, it just, they got better at doing that. You know, you yeah. have, I just want to see more variation in character designs yeah, and, absolutely. and all that. Uh, yeah. Anything yeah. that, anything that gets it produced. And uh, like you said, the streaming services, that seems to be a good new housing for these types of things. Cause uh, you have a more direct market for people to view it to where you don't need that merchandise selling sell sales on the side for it um, yeah and plus they, they have to have the affordability to like kind of experiment a little like this mm-hmm. might they ha- there has to be like this might not work we're going to try something right. crazy here, you know and so right. and if it does fail then you know whoever is producing it has to be okay with that they have to understand yeah. this might not work but we're going to try something new and uh, yeah. i think it's like more that. and more kind of there's more competition out there hopefully we'll see a lot more of that but, right yeah. like yeah. Something like a purple mutant girl with uh, with dubstep bees, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Something, something like that. So yeah. uh, I'm glad you mentioned all stuff I've done episodes on too. By the way, again, uh, oh cool, proof, <laughs> yeah. proof, proof that I think we would just get along. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, so you had uh, you you were pretty much stuck with comics as as a format for your for telling your narrative, obviously. Oh well, um, yeah. I mean, obviously with animation, um, mm-hmm. that's not something I do. On my yeah. own. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. You know, a team of people to work with you. And I love that sure. aspect, that, you know, of animation. Every time I'm working on my own stories, uh, most of the time I'm thinking, oh, if only so-and-so is designing the spaceships here and only, you know, and this person yeah. can feedback here. Like everybody has their sort of strengths that they kind of kind of go into. And I would love to almost work on a, a comic that way and some ways have, have a team. Um, but when it's just, yeah, when it's just me, um, I have to kind of figure it all out. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's the only only way I can, I can do it. You know? So. Yeah. Right. Figuring that out, by the way, like when did you start making comics for publication? Did you sort of wean into it from just doing the fan art stuff, but like you, you, you decided I'm going to make a comic that I'm going to then sell, you know, like be in the comic industry. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my, my mindset was never so much. Um, I want to make a comic that I can sell. Um, it was always more, I want to, 
create a comic that I can enjoy drawing, um, that people right. want to read, but something that I wouldn't get bored working on. Or, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, kind of sort of more of that. And then, of course, I wanted to sort of, you know, I wanted people to, to enjoy it to the point where I, I could solely work on it. Um, so that could, you know, could kind of could sell it, but, uh, that wasn't at the front of it. I wasn't thinking what was kind of most, you know, most commercial <laughs> when it was coming <laughs> to comics. Uh, my first one was actually this, uh, story about these two sort of pixies that were got kind of lost in this, this valley and, uh, it was going to be like a sort of treasure hunt story. Yeah. And I didn't really do much with it because I was only working on maybe about one page a week. Cause I had a, you know, a side job and I have a lot of time to kind of focus on it. And I created this big Epic story and it was just too huge. Um, it was mm. a story called seed and I knew I was never, ever going to finish it. Um, the way it wow. was you know, kind of putting it up on the web and, and stuff. So I sort of backtracked and, thought about i remember seeing it work one day going okay can i tell a comp you know a shorter story like what if i just told a comic in just one page um or what if i just tell a comic in just six panels can i do that can i go back to the when i was really into the sort of the comic strips the sunday funnies and i started this comic called cow and buffalo which Mm -hmm. is really just conversations i would have in my head uh you know personified by bovines um, and it was sort of this odd couple comic of this really sort of dim-witted cow and this very pessimistic buffalo. And they were sort of roommates. And they were just, you know, I would just throw situations at them and see how they would react. And that was kind of the gist of the comic. And I did that for about six years, um, just wow. maybe about one page up a week for about six years. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, gave me the confidence to do something more uh, more like Cleopatra in space where it's like, you know, I, I, I can, I can do this now. I can, I can create a, a concept and I can uh, finish a story if I need, if I need to. Um, and I had not gained a following, you know, from the count Buffalo. So mm-hmm. I can kind of, if I came up with a new idea, I could kind of get some feedback from it. Right. Um, right. So when I started Cleopatra, it was more of a, a thing of uh let me just do this, test out this new idea I have. Uh, I'll put it on the web and see how people, you know, what people think about it. Uh, but I was still planning to start going back to Count Buffalo when I started working on Cleopatra in space. It was just mm-hmm. going to be this little 20-page black and white story just for fun, just to see if I could handle doing something that was a little bit more complex, uh, doing action scenes and um, doing characters that didn't just have hoofs for hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but it just kind of became so much more popular um, than Cow and Buffalo ever was. And right. I enjoyed working on it more than, than Cow and Buffalo. That's just kind of, kind of took over. And then yeah. Cow and Buffalo, again, was another comic that I'd never finished. <laughs> <laughs> it just sort of like ends with them kind of going to the space, which I thought was very kind of nice, nice um, um, lead in to just me doing something new. Right. But um, that's sort of how that developed. It wasn't like an idea mm-hmm. of like, I'm going to create this concept where I'm going to try to sell to a publisher or sure. picked up. It was just, I'm having fun working on this. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even make money on it for the yeah. for the first couple of years. I just, you know, put it up right. for free. Yeah. What uh, do you know what, uh, where the concept of putting the Egyptian Pharaoh queen into a space sci-fi setting? Like, where did that like? Did it was it just like you pulled two things out of a hat, or, was <laughs> it, or, know, or, or yeah? I was part of this um, this group, uh, and it, I don't think they do it as much anymore. But uh, way back in way back in the day, there used to be these online groups where you, um, someone would give a subject, and different artists mm-hmm. kind of draw their interpretation of that subject and their style, right? And this was a particular group called Drawer Geeks. And it was just different sort of animators and graphic designers and cartoonists from, I think, globally. Um, and there's this guy, Greg Harden, that was sort of the moderator of it. And he would give a subject uh, every couple of weeks. And we would just kind of put our drawings up uh, he, every, every, every other Friday. And most of the time, I didn't really have a lot of confidence, especially with a lot of these more... Um, 
some of the other artists had just a lot more experience and uh, had been in the industry a lot longer than I was, whether it was animation or whatever. And so I mainly, I wasn't as confident about my art ability, but I did try to be funny, just to try to, <laughs> try to uh, catch some attention. Right. And so I remember with Cleopatra being the subject, it was the night before, and I was just go, oh, I should draw Cleopatra. You know, I should do that. You didn't have to draw something each week, but like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do Cleopatra this week. And I don't know why I put her in space to this day. I think <laughs> because I thought it would be funny, and I, lo- I mean, I love. I'm, I'm a big fan of like sort of vintage sci-fi too, but like also mm-hmm. Star Trek, Star Wars. But I love like the old Buck Rogersy kind of. Yeah, the like ray gun type sci-fi, which you don't see a lot. But I just put her in space with the the space helmet and flowing cat, and I put Cleopatra in space across the top of it, <laughs> and I just thought it looked funny. I was like, "This is yeah. so funny to put Cleopatra in space," you know? Yeah. Um, and then after I put it up, I remember my friend Jeremy. He was uh, he he. We had instant message, you know, AOL instant messenger was the thing at the time, and. He's like, you gotta make a comic of that. You gotta make a comic <laughs> of space. I'm like, really? <laughs> so it it did have an interesting flair to it. Like once you started, uh, you know, kind of building out that world. I have the first three volumes as well. So, uh, but um, when you started building out that world, just the idea of, um, you know, the, this this futuristic world that's kind of built. Uh, I guess it would be Stargate would be the closest thing to it. You have this yeah, Egyptian. Kinda. Yeah, maybe that this, gets subconscious a little bit as I was thinking mm-hmm. about it, you know. Yeah, that that's the closest thing I can think of, but just that sort of like sci-fi, but like they there are these you know monoliths and and Egyptian style sort of looks to everything, the Sphinx bikes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And I I I thought that was just a cool aesthetic that uh, I'd never really like experienced outside of maybe you know parts of uh, of uh, of Stargate, which was just you know a movie about you know aliens being yeah. in Egypt, which is, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, well, uh, you know what about that, um, that the, those design elements is there's, if you, if you kind of look back into a lot of like ancient Egypt art and then that old, mm-hmm. you know, that vintage science fiction that the old, you know, 1960s, 70s science right. fiction, a lot of those yeah. design elements with those recurring lines and those sort of mm-hmm. big sort of smooth are, are, are common between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, you know, it was it was actually pretty easy to combine the two. My biggest focus was trying just to make sure it didn't lean too much into one area or the other. Um, right. I really feel like a mesh. Um, yeah. And mostly I wanted to, to feel like it's a world that Cleo wasn't as familiar with. And so mm-hmm. um, I would like purposely sort of leave certain Egyptian elements out of it just to make it not mm-hmm. too, too familiar with her. And, um, right. But, but yeah, that's. I think those, like what you were saying, how just those um, meshing those two things up mm-hmm. was just was pretty easy and just kind of made common sense to me. I didn't really think, yeah. to, <laughs> think twice about it. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, they yeah. do all kind of odd or anything to, mm-hmm. for, for me. Yeah. yeah, they do sort of have an Art Deco uh, similarities in a lot of ways. Yeah. So yeah, it exactly. does make sense. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's talk about uh, how. So um, you started publishing uh, Cleopatra in Space, uh, self-publishing, obviously. Um, you just threw it up on Amazon and stuff like that, or how did that uh, come about? Oh, for Cleopatra in Space? Well, yeah. I had the webcomic, and mm-hmm. um, I after I had about a couple chapters of it, I mm-hmm. started making like, sort of these mini comics of it, mm-hmm. or I'd print them and I'd take them out to uh, conventions. Yeah. And there was a, uh, um, a, guy, uh, a guy named Ed from... Um, from book fairs at the time and he mm-hmm. saw it thought it'd be a good good fit for um uh, classics graphics line that, you know mm-hmm. that it had, was i wouldn't say it was it was you know new can you hear my cat just talking like yeah i know right <laughs> he, <laughs> like, he really wants to be part of this yeah mine's scratching at the door too so don't worry about it for a walk he doesn't know what to do with himself <laughs> um yeah, he, it was just I, I I put those out and he's like, yeah, I think this would be good for Scholastic's graphics line. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool, and I made him pay for the yeah. books. 
you know, it's like, oh, sure, 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 whatever. <laughs> I was like, what, you know, uh, but then a week later, um, David Saylor, who was, he's the, the head of the, of that graphics line, Scholastic, um, mm-hmm. actually gave me a call or emailed me. I actually can't remember exactly if he called or emailed me. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, we chatted about the book and he's like, do you have, you know, would you be able to make this into a graphic novel? You know, what would you do differently and things like that. And, um, I had already thought I had gotten to a point in the story where I'm like, this isn't working as a webcomic. I can't just keep putting the story out once a week. I'm, I was back in my that situation with that first comic I, I did Seed, where it was just too big of a story, and there was no way I was going to be able to tell it in my lifetime. I was just you know doing one page a week. Right. Um, so he offered the opportunity to make it into a graphic novel. Uh, I was able to kind of re go back, and if I was to do this all over again, how would I kind of change it uh, up a little bit? Mm-hmm. Uh, start about how she actually got into uh, the future. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of how that developed. I sort of worked on a, the, the story pitch for it. Uh, I drew the, what ended up being the first 20 pages of the first book. Um, mm-hmm. I sent a proposal out and they, they liked it and uh, decided they would, they would publish it. Very cool. Uh, it kind of became a graphic novel series um, rather than a webcomic. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, it, it was, it was a surprise because I'd never read the webcomic. I think, I uh, had I've been watching your art and then when the f- I think the first advertisement for the web for the graphic novel was the first time I'd heard about this one. Um, so that so that was interesting. And then learning that it was actually Cleopatra from ancient Egypt in a space setting <laughs> yeah. that because uh, I, I just thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was a girl that looked like Cleopatra that was just in space. So no. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when I uh, revealed that in the web comic. Um, yeah. That was like the to me it was always because I think because doing that actually that Jargix illustration of Cleopatra in space to me it was always the actual Cleopatra uh, right in space. I had never even considered that it was somebody right. named Cleopatra. So when I <laughs> When I revealed, I'm quoting what you can't see, but I'm quoting like revealed because to me it wasn't even right. a reveal. It was just like, right. yeah. I actually it just kind of came out in the, the comic. People were like, went nuts. They're like, what? <laughs> Wait, whoa, this is actually her? Yeah, I just thought it was. It was not meant to be a yeah. surprise or anything. That's, you know. That's funny. But, that's great. Uh, it's it real easy to, I, I, you know, I could do some research on the actual Cleopatra and look at aspects of her actual history. And it made it mm-hmm. real easy to kind of come up with story ideas because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can use that. I can use that. That might work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kind of spin it into to, to, to the, uh, how I, you know, how, what I wanted to tell in the story. So very cool. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> so, um, uh, you put out, I want to say three volumes, uh, pr- how many volumes are up to right now? You are at for the, uh, the, gra- the, the classic. Gra- yeah. There are yeah. five volumes. Five volumes. Now. Um, the sixth one will be out, uh, this, uh, this summer, this August, Man, the I'm, first week of August. I'm totally um, behind. I finished drawing just, uh, last, you know, just la- mm-hmm. at the end of last year. Um, yeah so and that finishes I'm, off the and that the sixth that'll be they'll finish off the whole series oh very cool i'm i'm behind i'm only got i've only got three so oh okay. <laughs> well it's a stop i always talk tell people that the um the first three books is almost like the the first the first season uh, right it's like almost the first season there's a, there's a good break there's a there, and there, there is even a sort of a uh, time gap in between books three and four right. uh, almost cool. a year and so, and my, the stock, the storytelling is a little different. It gears a little older. I'd say just slightly like a year or two older. Um, That's from cool. Book three to book four. Right. Um, the art style shifts a, a, a tad, just a tidbit. You know. mm-hmm. I but, like that uh, because it, it, I like when a series kind of grows up with its reader in a few ways, you know, not, uh, not in a drastic way, but it sort of mimics that, you know, like as, as, as a younger reader, you know, develops like the, you know, the, the story becomes a little bit more complex or a little bit more, right. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, justifiable. It's a little darker, um, because mm-hmm. things get more intense. I mean, things, that's, that's, a, that's when you're doing a series, um, you know, the, 
the antagonist or you know the the the, the situations that they come have to almost become more and more dire mm-hmm. <laughs> for the yeah. story to become more and more you know uh, interesting for for people yeah. you know if they keep solving the same thing over and over again it gets it gets very dull very quick right um, you just you become so, skeletor yeah, a lot you see that in a lot of series that kind of mm-hmm. go on for longer they do tend to get, tend to get more complex mm-hmm. uh, and more darker because of that um yeah they're, 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 the story almost you know enforces that to happen yeah you, you have to raise the stakes at some point otherwise raise it's just a flat yeah, yeah and show that there is um you know that things can happen to these characters and there are kind right. And I like showing yeah. that to kids too, you know, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, people do die, you know, and yeah. there are, and, and if you mess up, there are consequences for your actions and stuff. Right. So everything yeah. doesn't, I didn't want to feel like, you know, like uh, Teen Titans, uh, which is another show we all, <laughs> we all watch. <laughs> but yeah, everything sort of resets, you know, the next episode. Um, yeah. And I think with a title like Cleopatra in Space, you could easily go, go into that route where it's just very kind of slapstick and very right. go the comedic route for each thing. But uh, I wanted something that where the books really would grow with the readers. And as kids got older and they got more advanced, they could handle more sort of, um, right. you know, those complex subjects that happen. Very cool. Uh, let's move on to how this became uh, a cartoon. Uh, were you approached... Uh, did you pitch this thing? Like, how how did that come about for, for DreamWorks okay. channel? I'll have to be real careful here because uh, sure, I, I know there's I know there's some stuff I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> oh, okay, yep, that's fine. But I'm not, exactly, but I, I, I'm, I'm not really sure what those things are, and I, mm-hmm. I think I'll be okay. But uh, I remember uh, my first meeting. Um, it wasn't something that I. I it definitely wasn't something like I pitched or anything like that. Um, I was totally completely 100% focused on just the graphic novels mm-hmm. uh, in those stories out. And I wasn't thinking at all about cartoons or movies or anything like that, but um, my, that's what you have an agent for. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and she, and she had, she had, um, I, you know, sent the, the book out to, to various parties, I think. And um, I had a, uh, a lunch meeting um, with DreamWorks. Um, I think I, I almost want to say it was like the first summer, uh, like it was at San Diego Comic Con, um, but it was like the first time after the first book had come out. So I was already finished with the second book. I don't think it was out yet because um, yeah. I was always a year ahead of head. But um, oh, there was only one book out. <laughs> and, wow! And I, I was initially, uh, I remember having that meeting and thinking. I am not not ready to make this into anything right now. Um, <laughs> I knew they they want it to be an animated series. They weren't thinking movies, and that enticed me because uh, I had mm. I had I was think as I always think about uh, things more as animated series than I do as movies because that's what mm. I really gravitated to when I was a kid. Right, and I always would pitch you know Cleopatra in space is sort of um, you know as a you know if it was a Saturday morning cartoon you know it was, mm-hmm. you know you know, ancient Egypt with, you know, as a, in sci-fi as a ceremony cartoon. Right. Um, so I wasn't really, I mean, I was, I was, um, it was nice, you know, but I was clear of like, I, I'm not ready for this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, so I, um, I had turned, I had turned down uh, the offer to turn it to an animation. And, oh wow really yeah um i just was i it was just too much too, too much i had just gotten the book out i i, I yeah. kind of had was working on the graphic novel series i always wanted to make comics and so i kind of accomplished that and i really wanted to focus it and i didn't want anything to sort of divide my attention uh mm-hmm. i didn't want to have like also a another thing happening on the side and i was taken away or i was even more excited about than the comic i really wanted mm-hmm. the comic to be its own thing and be very you know be as good as it could be yeah. um but uh but eventually they they sort of nudged enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> where i where I come on yeah, come yeah. on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i mean there was so much back and forth uh but mm-hmm. there, yeah you know eventually that stuff it, it was okay and um but mostly it was the idea of it being in, in the animated series. I really liked that idea. And it wow. sounded like they had a really, they really cared about the, the, the material. 
Mm-hmm. And I felt like it would be in good hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was going to be able to consult a little bit with it to make sure, sort of kind of lead it into a, a direction that uh, hopefully would be something I'd be happy with. Um, sure. That was another thing. I didn't want that to, you know, have have another property out there that was sort of contrasted from what the, the comic was. Uh, right. It was something that was too different because that would, that would kind of, I think that both would sort of suffer because of that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was going to be my next question was how, how, yeah, like how involved were you with, uh, you know, with the development of it and everything? Because it sounds like it started pretty early from, you know, the production of the comic itself. So, yeah, I was still working on the comic at the time. And because I, at the time when I uh, first, you know, sort of written the first um, few books, uh, I initially planned for the, the graphic novel series to be about nine books. And mm-hmm. um, when they heard that, they were like, oh, wow. You, like, they, I think they almost um, wanted me to come on just so they, I could fill them in on what was going to be happening with the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of how the consulting sort of, sort of happened. And I would, right. you know, very early on. And it, it went through a few, I think it went through a few hands before it kind of eventually landed at the, the current, you know, production um, uh, people that are there work, you know, that were working on the first season. Right. Um, but you know, I, I, I kind of just let them know this is here are the, the core things that are going to happen, you know, coming up in the, in the series, mm-hmm. um, things to be aware of. Here's some backstory that, that I haven't gotten around to yet, or I might not even ever write. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I sort of looked at it, um, especially like later on, once things really started getting rolling into the series and they were, uh, really developing the characters and, um, the storyline, I looked at it in a way of, okay, uh, if I was to, if I was to go back and redo this whole series all over again, what would I have done differently? You know, what would I have changed? Um, what would enhance it? Um, uh, what would I keep and things like that? And that's sort of the information I gave them. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember at one point, uh, I think they had already thought about or um, considered making Akila, who is, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, she's like a just a regular sort of human looking character in the graphic novel, but making her more mm-hmm. alien. Right. And uh, I told them like I, how much I regretted not making her an alien from the very <laughs> um, There's this scene in, in the uh, second book where Cleo's just overwhelmed by everything. And um, she, he, she's sort of consult like she's Cleo's trying to console Akila because Akila is afraid that Cleo's just going to leave. And she's so happy to have a friend. Mm-hmm. And Cleo tells her like, this is, you know, I'm not, not this is just crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting next to a squid. There's electricity. It's, 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 it's just, I'm not used to this at all but you were the most normal person in my life. And I was like, Oh, that would have been such right. a powerful statement. If, if it was uh, didn't look anything like right. Cleo. And I regret that to say that I didn't make sorry. So I remember that was one of those things that, that came up. Um, yeah. I had mentioned that uh, I might be making um, Brian into a robot only, only because it, because I came up with this uh, acronym for his name. as <laughs> <laughs> a robot. And, uh, um, and it just—it's funny because they—they they didn't have to use anything I say, but you could see how they sort of rolled into that, and it's like, oh, right. you know, he is a robot, and it works so well. What they decided—I mm-hmm. mean, that was all them, um, you know, making Akila an alien and making uh, Brian a robot, but it, it, it totally works. It just makes the yeah. series so much more fresh and interesting. Yeah, it—it it exemplifies the whole fish out of water situation. That exactly. In, yeah, in, in a good way. Yeah. Um, but I do like that idea. Did, did you pitch that idea of like, hey, I have this scene where she says Akila is the most human person. Can you put that in? <laughs> yeah, it was already written in the book. So, right. I, you know, right. Point, book two was out and I was giving them the material mm-hmm. as I was working on it. But yeah, um, no, I mean, it was never it was never me pitching anything. Uh, mm-hmm. It was more just suggestions. Right. Uh, I almost worked uh, just like a, just kind of as a consultant. I had just watched. I remember just recently had watched. Um, what was the uh, the was it Mr. Banks? It was the movie where <laughs> the writer of the Mary Poppins books was. 
Um, yes. Yes. And, and she was just yeah. so difficult to work with and she was so controlling about her, her, her books and her, her characters. And I was like, I don't want to be that way, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I really wanted them. I didn't want to get in the way of, uh, of their creativity on the DreamWorks side. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted it because if I, if I did, um, I think it would just have stunted the growth of the show. I want it to be its own right. thing. Um, and so I just sort of said, this is, you know, this is what, you know, what I would, you know, this is what's happening in the book. Here's some suggestions I have. Um, I remember going through the pilot script and and just offering a few, uh, tidbits of information of, of, of what I would, you know, you know, how I would lead the characters and what worked in the comic and why it would work in the comic and what's coming Mm -hmm. up and just sort of guide it a little bit. Right. Um, but I never expected anybody to ever really listen too much of to what I had had to say. <laughs> you know, it turns I, out they did. Yeah. Well, yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, they, there was a lot of every. I'm watching it now, and something else show up. I'm like, oh, that's, they kept that. That's cool that they kept that. And um, mm-hmm. there's sometimes where something shows up. I'm like, oh, they kept that. Oh. I wouldn't have kept that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have changed that part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why. It's, it's fun because it's, it's not just, you know, my view of, of the story. It's, it's, it's a whole group of people looking at it and coming up with their own unique vision of it. And I think right. that's how stories grow. You know, you, mm-hmm. you give them away and you let people tell their own versions of those stories. And mm-hmm. I think that's just a much more beautiful way to, to like kind of um, let stories kind of become their own things and become, uh, kind of a moralized ideas yeah. is by giving people you know, the ability to make fresh approaches to those ideas. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially when it's transformed into different medium, because that's the easiest way to, right. you know, yeah. have that transformation. So yeah. those changes. Yeah. Um, so I have watched, I think maybe the first 10 episodes of oh, Cleo in space. Sorry about the same spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, it, it, I very much enjoyed it. Um, uh, the animation is, uh, impressive in certain ways. Uh, I, the, the puppeteer, like I'm still getting used to puppeteering style animation from like, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, cause you can see when things are like kind of recycled or like the run cycle is very like, okay, that was a canned run cycle that they've used for a bit. And I, I just have to get over that idea. But what I think they do very well in this cartoon is they emote extremely well. Um, oh, the emotions. The, yeah. The expressions yeah. and the emotions are so well done. So much yeah. so that I'm like, ah, this is so much better than. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, so yeah, the, the, the frame to frame emotes, I think are, 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 you can really tell when like it gets that, that sort of like, you know, that, um, uh, is rubbery, I guess is the term, but in a good way that that yeah. rubbery style of of flow to them, and uh, they, this seems to do that very well um, and captures uh, a lot of good emotion from from There's all the characters. Really good art team on that show. Yeah, yeah. shout out to everybody that sort of helped design and, and more absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it just I I just I love the look of it. You know, yeah, I love, yeah, yeah. It's just fun. It's fun to watch because you just love looking at these characters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of the changes uh, we mentioned, uh, you know, Akila being a, an alien, I was going to ask, uh, you know, like, were there any changes that like really kind of shocked you or surprised you? Because I would say per- like I felt that like Cleo was a little bit sassier than uh, than she is in the book. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe a little bit more bratty in in a lot of ways, which I think actually works. It works for the show, yeah. Yeah, for Cleopatra, the literal queen of Egypt being a little bit of a... She'd probably be a little bit more spoiled, yeah. Right, yeah, a little little bit spoiled. Uh, But, you know, it leads for for those good cartoon antics of like, hey, she's got an arc in this episode to learn Mm -hmm. not to be that self-centered or whatever, yada, yada, that that whole sort of uh, right. aspect to it. So I, I, I very much enjoyed that. Was there anything that was like glaringly different from like the episodes that you watched, the ones that they sent you or the concept art that they maybe sent your way? Did they send any concept art your way? I'll oh, yeah, yeah. I, thought, yeah I, thought, I was seeing art, you know, up until yeah. they started, you know, animating it yeah. and uh, semi-animating cool. an, 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 They were very good about, um, 
you know, everybody involved is very good about kind of showing me the progress that they were making on the show and how it was mm-hmm. going. And uh, I almost felt like they, they, they probably wanted my feedback, uh, you know, um, and I would, I would give a little bit of feedback here and there, but mostly I was just impressed with everything they showed that I didn't <laughs> give a lot. Yeah. Um, um, maybe here and there, little, little tidbits, you know, here and there. But for the most part, it's just, they were really good about just kind of showing me stuff as they want. So I sort of, when, they, when the cartoon started, I almost, there wasn't much that really surprised me because I was already sort of seeing it gradually develop as it mm-hmm. was happening. They were kind of telling me what they were planning. Um, the biggest difference would probably be uh, Anthony, um, who they sort of combined. And I knew, I, they, I already knew that they were planning on doing this, but they kind of uh, combined Zaid and, um, from the comics, mm-hmm. who I, I always called Zaid because I thought it was more of a sci-fi sounding right. name. Um, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I would look up, I would look up uh, Egyptian names and their meanings or how they relate to certain like deities and stuff. And that's how I kind right. of named a lot of the characters and creatures right. in the book. Um, mm-hmm. and Zaid, that sounds sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> um so they cast, they serve uh, the character of, 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 of Zaid and, um, and Anthony, they sort of combined it in just, you know, a, a school character. And right. I always sort of loved the idea of Anthony being sort of this, um, you, there was so much going on with the school and, mm-hmm. uh, and Cleo's world sort of being part of that school that I always mm-hmm. loved the idea of Anthony being sort of this rogue that kind of comes out, you know, away from that. And he served this um, kind of, bounty hunter not bounty but kind of treasure hunter kind of guy right that's that's not quite good (laughs) you know he's not not the ideal uh person that clear so used to uh right old she's supposed to become right he seems to be doing just fine for himself uh i love that she can kind of learn from him as well as everybody else and so there's other aspects Sure. Uh, uh, you know that she, you know, within the story, there's more worlds out there besides just the school, you know. And so, right. put him into the school right away. Um, initially, I didn't really agree with it at first, <laughs> but I wasn't, you know, I was like, "You guys do what you want to do." I, I, I wanted to have some element that was sort of outside of that, um, right? But they made it work really well. It was really impressive. Yeah. And I, got to work and it gave her that crush you know right away um, yeah about you know two or three books in yeah um, yeah exactly so, uh they changed uh octavian's personality quite a bit mm-hmm. much more in the books he's much more um serious and dark yes. you know and he's more and, but he's got a very very tragic backstory that i don't think they'll be able to do uh yeah soon so um but we're watching him, and my wife and I are just cracking up every time he talks. So we're like, you know, <laughs> uh, I keep telling people, I I love that even though I'm the you know the creator of the graphic novels and I'm watching this cartoon based on them, that I'm still watching the cartoon uh, and still being surprised and still enjoying it. And I don't know yeah. what's going to happen, and I can still be surprised. And that's yeah. what so fun for me I, it's still right. clearly based on the comic and every now right. and then, like, oh yeah there's there's mihos i know that's mihos even though he's a little different looking mm-hmm. um but it's uh it, it just makes it more fun because if if you want the show you have the show if you want the book you have the book and they're two different things and two mm-hmm. similar things yeah absolutely that people can both enjoy and if, you know yeah. i i'm yeah. sure Eastman and Laird, you know, when they pitched, you know, T, you know, TMNT, it was a dark oh, daredevil. Yeah. yeah this yeah. daredevil parody. And then you have, Shred- <laughs> you have this, you know, you have Shredder uh, just being this utterly comical, you know, goofball as opposed to this, you know, evil, vengeful ninja that slays their entire clan. And you know, yeah, and Splinter's backstory is so dark. Yeah, so. yeah. And and later on, they're able to kind of tell those when like they're able to like kind of adult up the TMNT license for you know cartoon concept like the 2012 cartoon and stuff like that. So, um, but it was the comical version that really you know propelled that into the stress. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. um, they need to go there before they could start kind of you know mixing it up a little bit and putting those mm-hmm. darker elements into it. Yeah, very cool. Overall, would you say you're pretty happy with it? I, I guess so. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's there was always the chance that it was uh, be something I wasn't going to be happy with. 
And right. I'm not concerned about that because I really want to be able to promote it, you know, on the show. Right. I want to be that, um, you know, I could, if, if, if it was going, it was coinciding, especially along with the books that I could tell people, yes, watch the series, you know, it's great. And um, instead of me just kind of going, yeah, you should maybe, I'm, I'm like really promoting it because I think it's such a, a great show. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. it's so much fun to watch. Um, I really, I, it's everybody I know that worked on it had such a, just a fun time and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they enjoyed doing it. I love that I was able to, through this, this kind of silly series, you know, that I started, I was somehow able to give people like jobs, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Work on something. And I just hope that, um, the show proves popular enough that, mm-hmm. Um, they can, you know, a lot of these uh, creators can work on it again because um, I know they right. have a, a blast doing it, and um, that those jobs can come back and absolutely keep, keep making the series. Uh, awesome! I, and I, I, plus, I want to see more episodes. <laughs> yeah, same, same here. Yeah. I, I know. I, there's a few sites I know that have like that. It's already on like episode 25 over in Russia or something, and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not watching those yet. So yeah, I don't have any control over that, you know, or yeah. even knowledge. But yeah, it's scattered globally in different you know territories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some people have seen. Uh, yeah more episodes than even i have <laughs> yeah yeah i i, I want to say it's been it's been trans it's been done it's been it's a global show so, or it's a global network so uh it's been translated into i think like like 17 different languages for this thing so kind oh, of wow. impressive yeah so yeah. pretty crazy and a good theme song too i have to say that oh so, the theme song yeah. is so catchy uh i love it huge uh i'm a huge music fan um mm-hmm. in fact when i i am when i'm working i only listen to music because i usually can't listen to somebody talking or or, or you know telling a story or tv and i can't concentrate on what i'm supposed to be drawing mm-hmm. so i mostly listen to music and so i've created like soundtracks for each of the uh, books uh just based on music that i thought would fit the tone mm-hmm. but in kind of my style of, of music that I sort of like which is pretty much everything i love all music yeah. So, but I, I love pop. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. It's and a very I, poppy song. Yeah, I love like earwormy pop, and um, yeah. it's such an earwormy poppy song. And that's the yeah. the the, uh, the voice, uh, Lilmar, that does the voice of Cleo. She's the one singing mm-hmm. the song, which is yeah, even cooler. Um, yeah. Very impressive. Nice synergy to 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 all of it. Yeah, I I absolutely love her performance as Cleo as well. I think the voice acting on this is uh, really top tier. Another thing that we didn't really we we talked about the emoting and the you know the, the mm-hmm. all that and the the the, uh, the art direction, but the mm-hmm. uh, the voice act now that's a really important to me. Is two things important mm-hmm. to me when it comes to uh, anything that's animated that I think sometimes get glossed over is the music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the music on you know the the, the composing on, on the show mm-hmm. I think is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, also the voice acting because that can just you know mm-hmm. that yeah. can fill a project right there and mm-hmm. everyone's great cleo's great i love akila so much yes <laughs> yes <laughs> she's, so um, she's exactly how i hear her in my head yeah. um cleo she's a lot of fun not on um kensu i it's like i i wasn't even quite sure what kensu who kensu's gonna like until he talked i'm like oh yeah that's that's kensu right there yeah um, yeah everybody uh, does a great job I mean, you can hear that fire truck outside my window now, so that's. Oh, I can't hear it. Great. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> good. Okay. yeah, good thing I have this mic. It's like literally right outside my window, <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's just the, the the voice acting I think is great. Uh, the, the you know the the comment the comedic timing I think is really where it works the really best. Smart. Yeah. Especially when when you want something that kind of like denotes to a family oriented show, the comedy's got to be like good because you can you can make a kid laugh with very minimal you know amounts of comedy, but good comedic timing, good jokes, good visual gags, I think that's where it draws in um, a lot of the family oriented things. That's why I think the My Little Pony Friendship Is Magic show did so well is oh, because the. Yeah. Yeah, the sure. comedy on it was good yeah, you know it was art had a bite to it you know and, yeah yeah like, it's very looney tunes in a lot of ways <laughs> the, in the in the way that it was kind of and and i think cleo hits i think this show really hits that very well i think they they all have distinct personalities every actor pulls those out and and it it makes them funny you know yeah. it, it it really hits it so yeah very well really, done 
really impressed with how it turned out. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I say this in uh, no bias. Well, I guess maybe a little bit bias. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be some, right? <laughs> we're really into. And yeah. uh, like I said, I've been, I've been just sort of um, casting them to my, my TV. So we're all sort of watching the shows for the first time as a family. Here in right. My house. And this is one of the ones we're mostly into is Cleopatra in Space. Mm-hmm. And cool. um, my son's re- watching the show and then reading the books. And he's like, ask me, why is this different? Why is, why, you know, <laughs> what is this supposed to be? And right. uh, I mean, we're all just really into it. And I think yeah. even if I, it was just a show that sort of dropped out of nowhere. I didn't have any mm-hmm. you know, relation to Cleopatra in space. I would still mm-hmm. really enjoy watching it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Mike, it was a, a fun trip. I think this is kind of surreal for me in a, in a few ways. Uh, as I said, I've been a fan for a while, so it's really cool to yeah, nice. sit sit down and talk with you about uh, something that uh, that you helped make, uh, that you did make and helped make. So, you know, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, just talk about what we enjoy uh, as from. from from our narratives, from our stories that we like to tell and, and read and watch. So yeah. uh, it's been a blast. Thanks yeah, for being on, fun. man. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Absolutely. No problem. Is there anything, anything you want to say before we close out? Anything you want to say or plug or whatever? And I'll Say or plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I'll just let people know that the, the, the sixth and final book will be out um, from uh, graphics in uh, August. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, pre-order that if you can. Yep. Make sure to check out the show on Peacock. Um, support it, and um, you yes. know, tell all your friends, and then hopefully we'll get to make some more episodes of it. So, Very cool. Very yeah. cool. I think it'll probably be available on Netflix eventually as well. See, the, the things from DreamWorks seem to drift over to there pretty easily. They have yeah, those, I don't those know. contracts. Uh, so. yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's nice that there's a show that's. Um, you know that peacock has its you know its own sort yeah. of you know show that that's just on there you know so for I'm sure i support that and yeah. the fact that you know they have a free option for the streaming mm-hmm. i think is very very cool so I'm yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah i'm really happy that it's on cool. on that service and yeah still you know i think I think I think NBC's you know done done you know fairly well with you know mm-hmm. trying to get to get the show out there. So very cool, awesome, Mike Mayhack. Thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll I'll just uh, send it off from here. Uh, thanks for being on. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Brandon. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks again to Mike for showing up and having a great conversation about Cleopatra in Space. Uh, again, go check out that show on the Peacock Network, which will be debuting in the U.S. in July. Um, and check out uh, Mike's uh, work on Amazon and on DeviantArt and everywhere else. You can buy the books by Graphics, uh, Cleopatra in Space, up to five volumes. The new volume coming out uh, later on this year. So... Uh, thanks again to Mike for showing up and that's going to do it for this episode next week it's anime month stay tuned